Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Jeff Baumgartner, Senior Editor with Light Reading. I am Rob Shima, and I wear a lot of hats. I am the CEO of Comnet Inc. and Independence Fiber Network in Ohio, and Hoosier Network, the new statewide network over in Indiana. Great. Well, Rob, thanks for for being here, and uh, glad we could use the the podcast to catch up a little bit. Uh, It's been a little while since we talked. Uh, Before we kind of dive in, you know, we were going to talk about HoosierNet, but, um, you know, I thought uh, maybe just kind of start off with have you explain how things at CNI, you know, have been since you took the helm there uh, after, you know, your recent past over at ACA Connects. Sure. So it's been exciting. I was all excited about moving over into operations. I love the association work and I love helping folks. Um, and now I get to see exactly how much you, you, we need the help of uh, organizations like ACA Connects. Um, as an operator, you're faced with a lot of different challenges and struggles and in this day and age, we really found out the one thing the pandemic really demonstrated was how important broadband really is. Uh, for those not familiar with ComNet, ComNet is a service provider. We provide backend services to ISPs, but then we branched out and created an independence fiber network from that, which connects all of the ISPs together via fiber and created a, basically a whole western side of Ohio uh, network that connects 25 ISPs today. Okay. Well, great. Well, now I guess we're going to talk about what's going on in uh, Indiana, right? So today we're, we're going to talk about the, uh, I guess, a rather large project, uh, HoosierNet. Um, and, you know, I was reading up on it. I mean, initiative backed by a consortium of ISPs. Um, so maybe to start off, can I have you provide a little bit of a, maybe a brief overview of the project and, and kind of tied into that? I mean, are we, we're talking about Middle mile, not last mile, correct? Absolutely. Um, and, and so, Jeff, exactly what happened was there was a statewide network in Indiana. It was called Intelligent Fiber Network, and it was recently sold to Zao. Uh, with that sale, all of the ISPs kind of lost control of their own destiny. Zao has great network uh, and, and great staff, but the issue became the ISPs in Indiana lost control. Um, of their own destiny. And that became a problem for them or it became an issue not being able to do that. So they started kicking around the idea. A gentleman by the name of John Green at New Lisbon Telephone called me and said, hey, Rob, would you help me out? I'm trying to figure out how I can connect to to, uh, Henry Street in Indiana and, and want to get another connection, get my own connection, get back control. And so we started kicking it around and we brought in August Zayner, who was uh, the former salesperson at Intelligent Fiber Network. And the three of us kind of started just talking about what were the needs of the ISPs in Indiana. So we reached out and talked to a couple of different ones. And the next thing you knew, there was 17 of them that had come together and said, hey, you know, let's get the band back together. We're all kind of feeling these struggles of losing the control of our own destiny. Let's get together and create another statewide network to help connect our ISPs to Henry Street and to Chicago. Yeah, when you're talking about control, uh, expand on what, what do you mean by that? Or what are they losing control of? Like their interconnectivity? Um, you know, you what, just what exactly? It. Okay, you just nailed it. Um, the answer to your question: their interconnectivity. If Zao has an outage, um, you could call Zao and, and yell at Zao, but Zao has no skin in the game. If 
intelligent fiber network or independence fiber network has an outage, you better believe I have skin in the game because at the end of the day, I'm owned by these companies. And it's my job to get that internet connection back up as quickly and as efficiently as possible. So being able to, you know, always laugh. Uh, I talk about my 21 shareholders in Ohio and um, people ask me why we're in the video business. And that's a story for another day. But I always tell them because uh, these 21 guys want one throat to choke and that throat's mine. And now it's the same in Indiana. I got uh, 35 folks over in Indiana. They all want one throat to choke, and uh, that 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 throat is mine. How's your throat doing right now? Anybody trying to choke it yet? It, it hasn't started <laughs> yet. So you know we're we're in we're in the honeymoon stage, right? So what's really exciting, and we haven't talked about it yet, but I want to bring that in is so we announced that we're going to have this statewide network, right? And we hear from. Uh, some electric companies, electric co-op member cooperatives that were out there in the state of Indiana kind of thinking the same thing. You know, they were kind of working on their own statewide network and trying to figure out how do they connect the Indiana electric member cooperatives together. And so we started having discussions and we said, you know, it may be better if we all work together instead of diversely. How is it that we can all come together um, to, to build this network and have it really be robust and kind of serve, we're, we're guessing or estimating that we're going to be around 90% of the whole state of Indiana when this network is built out, including the owners of uh, the various entities. So when you look at Accord, uh, they're made up of 18 REMCs and three ILEX um, that were actually owners of uh, HoosierNet. So there was some cross connectivity to begin with. Um, but what's really exciting is we're going to pull this all into one package for the NTIA grant, too. So what will happen is Accord is going to build its connections to its members, and we're going to build the connections to the HoosierNet members, and then we're going to connect the networks. But we're doing this all together in one project as one cohesive unit so that we can take this project to the NTIA and say, here's a way to fund numerous ISPs backbone in the state of Indiana. Right. And how, yeah, how, uh, I think in our exchange ahead of this, you, you had kind of remarked that, uh, you know, this is a big deal because the project is comprised of ILEX and these rural electric membership uh, cooperatives. Uh, I mean, is this kind of uh, unique or, or maybe a rarity to kind of see I, this I, come I together? A rarity, if not unique. Um, I think, I hope, and I think you're going to see a lot more of these Jeff, as, as folks see what we're doing here with, with HoosierNet and Accord coming together to, to do this project jointly, I, I think you're going to see a lot more folks from other states look at the same model. Uh, the issue is when you start dealing with rural parts of states, it's just really tough to figure out what the payback is and, and how do you build out to these rural ISPs. Um, they've had connections that you've heard at ACA Connects, at least I heard at ACA Connects, about how their connection to the internet was often way too expensive, way too slow, you know, not as reliable as the folks in the city. And that's what we're replicating here in uh, with HoosierNet and Accord together. We're building network that you would have the same interconnectivity that you have in the city with these rural ISPs. Right. Maybe we talk a little bit more about that middle mile, right? Because I think a lot of what we tend to cover, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of it is, you know, we kind of 
zero in on the access network a lot. You know, it's like, oh, Docs is 4.0, fiber to the premises. Um, yeah, and, and we really don't kind of give the credit or, or the, uh, uh, you know, have, have a, uh, a good understanding in terms of the importance of the, the middle mile piece of this and uh, kind of the issue it faces in the, the rural side of the world. So, uh, yeah, expand a little bit on kind of the importance of that middle mile. I mean, you, you were kind of talking about that. Sure. Um, you know, reliability and, and speed and price are, are three components of what's important to an ISP trying to deliver that last mile, right? At the end of the day, the last mile is the glory because it's the one that impacts the citizens, the residents, the constituents, the members uh, of a state. So all of those Everyone's concerned with last mile, and rightly they should be. But at the end of the day, as you look at this BEAT program, where they're going to spend $43 million to expand out into rural, broad, you know, bring broadband to extremely rural areas, what's going to happen to the middle mile? And, and I don't think a lot of folks are thinking about that. There's a billion dollars for it, but when you're spending 43 and, and the best way I like to describe it for folks that don't think about it a lot is, this is you're building a lot more rural road and those rural roads all build to the highway. Right. So you think, oh, I'm just adding, you know, road T out here or road Z. It's funny when I moved to Ohio and I got out there and there really are roads named road L and road Z. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're yeah. going to build a lot more road L's and road Z's. But those road L's and road Z's all lead back to, in, the, in my case of Ohio, Route 75. Right. And if you don't expand Route 75's capacity at the same time you're bringing all this traffic on, you're going to have a lot of congestion. So taking these middle mile networks and beefing them up where needed or building new ones are going to be an integral part of that. It's its own program under NTIA, but it's going to be an even more integral part under the BEAD program where the last mile is going to be expanding rapidly and immensely and is it the middle mile ready to take care of it right and what, what is kind of the level of activity then related to bead right now with this i mean is there uh conversations activity you know already underway within the state there um so i the, the state has kind of said hey from what i understand and i haven't talked directly to the state but i've heard this numerous times secondhand that indiana is saying hey we're going to kind of stay out of the middle mile uh, funding. Um, we, we know the Accord guys. We've heard about this Hoosier net. Um, we think that they're putting together a good package and a solid package that's going to hopefully fulfill the middle mile needs of, of Indiana. Um, at least, again, that's what I'm hearing. I haven't heard that direct. But I, I think what's happening in the state of Indiana is all of the 35 owners I just talked about, as well as several other companies, are looking to take advantage of those funds coming into the state to build out their networks and expand their networks. The RMCs are definitely looking at trying to expand their service areas to their members from a fiber product. I know our our owners on the HoosierNet side um, are looking at how do they expand their footprint. And then we've also heard from companies like Surf Broadband and Barrycom and other small ISPs, uh, TDS. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Have reached out to us to say, hey, we're not going to be owners or partners per se in this network, 
but we want to ride on it. We want to partner with you to sell it, um, help sell our networks. And so at the end of the day, not only do you have the owners and participants from Accord and HoosierNet coming together, but you have other ISPs that don't want to necessarily play that former role, but want to participate somehow in, in what we're building here. Now, is there a, a path to accomplishing that? Um, would it be kind of a uh, more of a business relationship, wholesale? I mean, how would you characterize the way it might go? I, I think you, again, you have such great foresight into this industry, and I think you just summarized it really well. And that's exactly it. It's going to be a business relationship. We'll have some type of master services agreement with them where we'll be able to provide them internet. They'll be able to provide us fiber in in their footprint. Um, I'm actually just uh, happens to be, I'm actually at the Indotel conference uh, here in, in Minneapolis. Indotel is an organization made up of numerous statewide networks and what it does is bring a national footprint. So like a Spectrum or an AT&T or an Xfinity, uh, the small telcos don't have that. Indotel allows the statewide networks to come together and offer that, you know, uh, full country. I think they're in 35 states. They're not everywhere yet uh, in the United States, but there's 35 states that Indotel provides service agreements uh, and, and provides services for through our statewide networks. So uh, I think um, being able to leverage that is something that interests the companies I just mentioned. Okay. Well, correct me if I'm wrong too, because some of the companies that are involved right now also have like HFC networks. Um, uh, probably a few. Um, a few. Most, okay. most of them are going to fiber. Okay. Um, Metronet. We've had some conversations with Metronet. I think they operate an HFC network. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, I, I think there'll be folks uh, from both sides, but. It, Right now, it's I would say it's a very heavy majority fiber, all fiber network. Okay, and as you progress with this, um, uh, are you having any conversations with you know traditional cable operators about fitting into this? Would, would they have any similar needs in the state where uh, you know they might have some middle mile needs that could maybe fit into the infrastructure bill and, and some of the goals there? We haven't yet, but that would be a great opportunity. I, I think um, we would be open to having, just like we're having those business relationships with the folks I just mentioned, I think we'd be open to business relationships with those companies as well. Um, I go way back, right? I, 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 I still bleed uh, Comcast or should I say Xfinity? Uh, was it Red 49? I think it was when uh, <laughs> the logo. Um, so, you know, I have a long uh, standing relationship with the Xfinity folks and, and would be you know willing to talk to them about, you know, is there places where we could swap trade um, or joint build uh, fiber if it, if it makes sense for them and for us. Okay, great. And then Hoosier, HoosierNet was announced not too long ago, right? So uh, uh, you about, know, about uh, four or five weeks ago, I believe. Yes. Yeah. It, so it started recent. in uh, December, but actually you know, took us about six months to get all the paperwork done. Right. Well, now that you have all the paperwork done and you have, uh, you know, Accord jumping in as an investor, um, what what is kind of the status of the project in general? And, and is there um, uh, a sense yet on kind of when this will be completed or, you know, reach a certain level that, you know, you, you might not call it, it's never like fully complete, but, uh at least hitting a certain milestone where you could say there's a degree of completion there. Yeah. 
or usability, right? Yeah. Um, at, at the end of the day, uh, I was excited uh, just about two hours ago. Um, we got the template finally drafted for the RFP uh, to, 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 you know, start the engineering and, and the grant process. Uh, and, and so we'll be taking that to the Hoosier Net board next week and uh, getting approval of that uh, outline. We'll then fill in all the information that's needed and get that RFP out as uh, soon as possible. And then obviously the, the goal, while there is a deadline, there is a formal deadline of September 30th to get your grant application in to be considered for an NTIA middle mile grant. So we will definitely have the engineering and grant writing and all of those things back uh, by late August, early September with the timeline to submit for the NTIA grant program. Um, and then at that point, um, you know, we'll kind of wait and see where that goes, but we'll start doing stuff. And we've actually already started doing stuff. There were some folks that had some activities to the MITSO and we've already been able to start to sell some cell towers for some folks in Indiana that didn't have that ability to do on their own. We've already started that and we're in the process of, of finalizing some agreements with some uh, cell carriers to provide fiber to their towers um, because we're able to get direct connections from the uh, company to the, the cell phone company, but those connections will be enhanced and, and, and you know, made larger by uh, the HoosierNet footprint when that time comes. Okay. And with the cord coming in as an investor, um, I was wondering we can talk a little bit about kind of the funding, right? That'd be that's necessary to uh, pull this off. So I don't know how specific you can be um, about the funding, but maybe talk a little bit about what the funding is going toward, you know, is it, uh, you know, just establishing the interconnects? Is there actual building out of network that's required to kind of maybe fill in some gaps? So all of the above, right? So as part of the engineering product project, we're going to be looking at how do we connect these ISPs together most efficiently and, and most affordably. So we're going to be looking at, you know, who already has connections today and do they have any dark fiber that they can lease to HoosierNet or to Accord um, to be able to make those connections more permanent and have them be part of the overall network? So we're going to look and see where exactly a fiber exists today and what fibers out there and what fibers available to be leased. Once we've been able to identify that, we'll move on to, okay, what needs built and how much do we need to build and, and how hard the build is. And so Accord's going to be connecting Accord members, HoosierNet's going to be connecting the HoosierNet members, and then we're going to, like I said, pull the whole thing back together. So we're going to be looking at exactly all of those things, trying to build the, the best network the most efficiently and, again, the most affordably where we can make these connections that already exist today and then build new ones where we have to estimation tens of millions i don't think it's going to be in the hundred millions of range it's going to be in the tens of millions range and and that's what part of the funding the early funding that the hoosier net investors made and then accord joining us some of that funding is going to help us try to defer the cost of the match uh if we're lucky and fortunate enough to to receive an nti grant okay great and the last thing um i want to ask you was maybe expand a little bit on cni's role in all of this, right? So you're CEO of Hoosier Nets. Obviously, your company's pretty, pretty squarely involved. Um, yeah, just to have you talk a little bit about in terms of 
how it relates to CNI's general area of focus, or if this is really kind of a, a new area for you and the company? Uh, it, it's a combination of both. I, I think at the end of the day, our owners know the owners in Indiana. They're both small telcos. And, and so they understood their plight when they started talking about, you know, hey, do we kind of pull the band back together and create a new network? And, and so at that point, ComNet Sport said, hey, let's invest in this. We want to be part of this. We know what it means to us. So we know how important it is to, to our neighbors. And, and so we want to take some of ComNet's money and, and invest in it. So one, we're an investor. Two, uh, as I mentioned earlier, ComNet provides back-end services. So what we do for small telcos all across the United States, we're in 26 states now, I think working for 78 small telcos. And what we do is we monitor their knocks, we do their call center, all of those back-end services that are done more efficiently with scale. But if you don't have scale, what do you do? Well, you come to a service provider like ComNet who can kind of gather up 76 companies and create some some scale. So what HoosierNet needs is somebody to manage the project to get it started and, and get it off the ground and then to provide those back-end services, right? Those back-end services are costly. So having somebody that can do it at cost and has already has that scalability to make it affordable or at least more affordable is a great asset to HoosierNet to have ComNet as a resource that it can rely on that it doesn't have to go out and do all this back-end services itself. You may have seen the notice for the New Mexico network and, and others, and I've been having lots of conversations as these new state networks pop up about how do you do these back-end services most, you know, most efficiently and providing, you know, ComNet's not the only one that does it. So there's a list of vendors that, that do it and do it really well. So um, I'm glad to do that. If folks are looking at state networks, concerned state networks, I'd be glad to, to work them through the things they should be considering uh, from a back-end service perspective and, you know, let them know where they can find help to do that. Right. So I guess bottom line, I mean, it's obviously not a stretch for CNI. It kind of fits into the DNA of what you do already. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's part Exactly. It's part of what we do and, and helping a, a neighboring state is just a, a great opportunity. All right. Well, great. I think that's where we're going to leave it today. Um, nice to connect with you, Rob, and uh, good luck on the project. We'll stay in touch. Jeff, always great to spend time speaking and sharing with you. Uh, you really know the issues, and that's that makes it so much easier to participate in these types of things when the person asking the questions really understands the business. It makes a big difference. So thank you for your time, and uh, we'll definitely give you a status report at some point. All right. Well, I'm going to start uh, blushing now, but uh, I appreciate the, the nice words and uh, yeah, look forward to, to staying connected with it. Very good. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks.